his Day of the Dead celebrations are two weeks long. He once used a Ouija board to correct its grammar. He once played chess with death. Death suggested they switch to checkers. If he ever mixes an old-fashioned for you, you'll be inspired to write a creepypasta about it. He is Edward October, the best horror narrator you've never heard of. Horror stories don't always have to be scary. The best ones invoke a mood of foreboding and existential dread. Fear is fleeting. I prefer to be haunted. For retro horror of impeccable taste, listen to October Pod AM bi-weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Or watch new videos from October Pod Home Video each month, only on YouTube. Find all of Edward October's links on the World Wide Web at OctoberPodVHS.com. Stay spooky, mes amis. What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so please be mindful of who around you can hear it. Also, we assume that you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned that there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. <laughs> Enjoy. Okay, let's get to this episode. Let's get to this final episode. Final, final episode. I have a confession final. to make. What? I didn't watch it. <laughs> I had a feeling. could have watched it i chose not to watch it because since we've started this i'm super into i want to start over from the beginning and i remember hating just everything about season four and on i watched it all but i remember Mm -hmm. fucking hating it and i don't want to leave off on a goddamn i hate this so i hear you but at the same time you might change your mind when you rewatch it now that you've already kind of know what to expect you know what i mean like originally we didn't but now you know what to expect the way you break it down, I feel like that'll bring it back. I'll remember it, but yeah, not the same. <laughs> so I don't want to fuck it up. It's cool. It's cool. You've still seen it. It's fine. Hey there. Welcome to the Rewatch Recap. I'm your faithful host, Dustin. And with me again for Glee is Drunk Theory's very own Kara. <laughs> Brian might make an appearance. We'll see. We don't know. He's on the we couch. Might voice. We might be able to hear his voice at some point. Yeah. You know? He'll chime in in a minute, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, we just played a round of Fuck, Mary Kill Glee Edition. We actually played two rounds of it. So if you want to hear that craziness in our ideas for some Glee spinoffs and other fun stuff like that, uh, just join the Patreon for $3 a month. Bunch of access to episodes and all that stuff. And I'm going to get some merch coming, you know, like the coasters and keychains and stuff like that. I'll be sending those out. But So yeah, today is another one that I've picked. It's episode one of season four, The New Rachel, which is the first post-high school episode for most of our main characters, and the first senior year episode for the rest of them. 
Um, it's been 11 years since this episode came out, y'all. 11 years. It's Ew. crazy to me. I know. It, it's, I can't believe it's been that long. Like, I was listening to Driver's License. and oh uh, Or not Driver's License. Um, Deja Vu. I was listening to Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. And she says, you know, watching reruns of Glee, being annoying, singing in harmony. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> it's already like gone into rerun, repeat status in songs. It's just crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. But hey, it's pop culture icon. So, uh, yeah. So, like I said, I picked this episode because of the incoming new, new directions. I really liked them. I liked Marley. I liked Unique and Jake. Not to mention um, in this episode is Kate Hudson and Whoopi Goldberg. And it made this episode kind of super special for me. It was the first start. It was a new beginning kind of thing. At least that's what it felt like when you're starting to watch it. And people were expecting. I knew it wasn't going to be like high school. I knew it wasn't going to be like the original first three seasons. I knew it. So I just kind of went in with an open mind. And I kept going with it because I was there for the characters, you know. So saying that, I don't know if you remember any of the songs from this episode. <laughs> since you haven't watched it again but you know um i would say the songs that i liked just by listening to them and the ones i listened on repeat from my itunes or whatnot was um i sang the shit out of it's time to begin by imagine dragons that blaine sings basically telling we'll get to that point but i uh, sang that oh my and, god is that this episode because i also love that one yeah that's in this one and um, then there's also Never Say Never by The Fray, um, which I really love because it was on the Vampire Diaries. It was a big song in the Vampire Diaries that don't let me go, don't let me go, that one. I love that song so much. I know there's some good songs, so yeah, I really love that one. So uh, Well, now I wish I'd fucking watched it. But now you wish you'd watched it. Nah, but. I had this weird thing, and I was like, I can't do it. I can't let this new shit <laughs> ruin my regular it might have actually made you like it a little bit more just being standalone you know what I mean? now i'm feeling pretty dumb so. it's okay we'll get to it it's no big deal without further ado let's start the glee cap <laughs> previously on glee rachel finn kurt quinn mercedes and puck all graduated high school and rachel went off to niata new york academy for dramatic arts the New Directions finally won Nationals. It was spectacular. The whole school was celebrating them. It was great. Last season, we met Unique, a.k.a. Wade, who is a drag performer for Vocal Adrenaline and didn't really like performing for that group. And that's what you missed on Glee. On Glee. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, A for effort, okay? <laughs> so we begin at Niata. In Dance 101 with Cassandra July, a.k.a. Kate Hudson, with the worst Harley Quinn romance novel name for a character. <laughs> My name is Cassandra July. It's so fake. Rachel is visibly nervous as she lines up to dance for Cassandra, who we can already tell is like a typical egotistical dance instructor. Very, you know, no, dance, just being mean for no reason. Like, I don't never understood the reasons why dance instructors are always this mean. It's not motivating to me, not for me personally. So Cassandra stops to tell some girls that you, she's got a muffin top <laughs> and to cut a, off a butt cheek because she needs to drop a few. <laughs> oh my. 
and like walks past Rachel, who kind of rolls her eyes, and she notices it. And of course, this makes her stop class to call Rachel out. And she was she calls her little Miss David Schwimmer, and she tells Rachel, "I bet you were a oh big God, star." That's hilarious. I know. She goes, Rachel, I bet you were a big star back in Iowa. And Rachel's like, actually, it was Ohio. And she was like, oh, Ohio. It's like a big turd that Michigan can't pinch off. (laughs) So so then she asks if Rachel came there to tell her how to run her class. And Rachel says, no, I'm there to learn. So Cassandra says, okay, lesson one, your PK turns a pathetic and your stuck-up little attitude is pissing me off. Well, hot damn. (laughs) Woo. So then Rachel falls after doing a series of kicks and like, and Cassandra steps over next to her and she says, I don't need help. I need help. And Cassandra's like, I'm not there to help you. I'm here to give you an NYC welcome. You suck. It's like, damn, I just, I still don't get it. Why these teachers are always so cruel to their students. It's like being, there's being firm and then there's just being an asshole. Well, so I kind of think it's kind of like the way the army sergeants are assholes. I think yeah, they think see, their job never... is way more important than it fucking is. <laughs> yeah. you know? And they're like, we want you to be the best. That, you know, I, I think it's that. I think it's ego makes them think they have to be so good that the only way to teach them to be good is to act like fucking total dicks. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, so you're just going to do this. So you have to, you're going to try to make yourself better just to spite me kind of thing, you know? And yeah. I'm like, actually, that uh, it makes me... <laughs> Just not like you at all. I don't want to throw it in your face. I just want to get the hell away from you. I want to hold your I'm gone. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Glee. Back at McKinley, Jacob Ben Israel. <laughs> you remember him? I do. He's I doing, remember. I remember the his, characters. I know he's got the big old Jufro and everything. It's great. And he shows. He does this like man on the street reporting in the high school halls where he talks about how the new directions are the newest celebrities since they won nationals. And each Glee Club member is living the popular life now. He says to Sam went from hobo stripper in Glee Club to Glee Club celebrity. And I'm like, I mean, Cordova Street is hot, though. He just is. He just yeah. is. <laughs> so <laughs> Tina complains about having a freshman for an assistant. This timid little Asian girl who gives her a banana that Tina throws on the ground immediately because it's not organic. Like, Tina goes nuts. Like, what is wrong with Tina? She always gets a little bit of power and it goes way over her head. Like she's, uh, and, uh, Jacob Israel says, see you next Tina. (laughs) 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 I loved it. I was like, I didn't catch it at first. I was like, Oh, that's funny. That's great. So the girls are wanting Sam to do a Taylor Lautner impression. (laughs) He does. And it makes me laugh. He's like, uh, Bella, I'm in love with you, and I'm a werewolf. Like, <laughs> I don't even do it. He goes, Bella. That's where he does. He has nasal. Bella, I'm in love with you, and I'm a werewolf. Like, that's Taylor Lautner impression. We find out that Tina and Mike Chang broke up over the summer because of, you know, he was senior and he left and whatever. And Jacob asks the group of Blaine, Brittany, Artie and Tina, who the new Rachel is, and they all say, I am. Not good. We cut to Rachel watching Jacob's blog report online, watching this whole thing unfold. And she says that she's like, "Uh, I feel like I'm being missed. 
because they're asking who the new Rachel is. You know, I like being missed. I'm like, but because you're nothing in New York, Rachel. That's why <laughs> they're talking about you back home. They're talking about you here. We found out that she hasn't spoken to Finn in two months. And I'm like, what the hell, Finn? And she also has a slutty roommate that she's never messed. But, you know, we hear her getting screwed in the next room. <laughs> she's never met her, but she just has sex all the time. It's always fun to have a ghost roommate. Her dorms have co-ed bathrooms, which is weird. So she gets ready at 3 a.m. because of her nighttime routine. I'm like, at 3 a.m.? That's when you go to bed? Like, <laughs> okay. Nighttime routine. You're so concerned about your skin, but you don't get sleep. Whatever. And tonight she hears some guy singing, Sister Christian. I don't know the damn lyrics. And she's like, who's singing in the showers? And it's buff as fuck. Dean Geyer as Brody Weston. And he comes out. And he's like, hey, how you doing? Um, I'm I was in a revival of working as steel worker number three. And I was like, oh, I was in working <laughs> in high school. I was in that show. It was great. I won um, uh, Best Actor in the State of Mississippi performing a, lo- uh, a oh monologue. Oh, my God. Did you really? Yeah, I did. It was awesome. awesome. I got to the, the International um, Thespian Conference. I did not win there, but still, it was fun. <clears throat> so, yeah, he seems nice, and he offers words of encouragement. He's like, um, of course, he's leaving, and he says, he's like, you know, you don't worry about it. The Cassandra's, the, you know, she's tough, but she's worth it. She, she makes you better, and. And he leaves and he goes, in case you were wondering which you were, I'm straight. I'm like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) How presumptuous and conceited of you, sir. I am less attracted to you now. No. He's still hot, though. He has like a lion face. Like the way his his face is, it looks like a lion, like a humanoid lion. Anyway, look at him. You'll see. So later on, on the phone, Rachel recounts this encounter to Kurt as she tells him how much she misses him. And he's actually visiting McKinley at that moment. And we see him meeting Sue's baby daughter, Robin, which I totally forgot she even had a baby. Sue had a baby in season three. Totally forgot about it. Totally. Oh, I mean, damn. And we also meet Kitty, who's Sue's, quote, new head bitch. He does she look she's like a like, lion. I look doesn't like he? he? Yeah, does. it's the way his, his nose and his eyes. Yeah. I'm sorry. She says that Quinn is like, or not Quinn, that Kitty is like a young Quinn Fabray, except she's not pregnant, manic depressive, or in and out of a wheelchair. (laughs) So apparently Kitty is the in-school nanny for Robin, it seems. Sue and Kitty come down on Kurt for being college-aged, but hanging out in the high school. He insists that his community college classes start next week, but Sue doesn't care. Glee Club starts up, and there are only like seven new direction, directions members left. Will isn't worried about recruiting new members now that the club is cool. And I'm like, Ugh. it cuts to a shot of him like putting up an audition notice and getting rushed by tons of students wanting to sign up for Glee Club. <laughs> he then introduces newest Glee Club member, Wade Unique Adams, formerly of Vocal Adrenaline. And not everyone's excited, it seems. Brittany thinks Wade is Mercedes with a new haircut. She has Mercedes, I like your new haircut. Will notices not everyone is excited for Wade to be there. And they explain it's not, it's just one more person to compete to be the new Rachel, the star performer of the group that they, you know, more than they need. And Will thinks that that's ridiculous. They should focus on being a team, not stars. Wade sits next to Blaine and says, make no mistake, I will be the new Rachel. Ooh, shots fired. 
And Blaine says they need to settle this in like Thunderdome style at 5 p.m. in the auditorium. Like that's for Dodgeball. No, no, no. <laughs> See, gonna, they could have brought it back though. They, they could have. They could have said, Hit me with your best shot. And then boom. They missed right. out. Last singer standing. But oh well. Ass hands. Later on the stage, Blaine, Brittany, Tina, and Wade all show up. Artie is going to judge who the new Rachel is in this competition. Tina announces it will be the song of the summer, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. And they instantly jump into it. They all serve face and they give great, not at all choreographed dance numbers. (laughs) I want to know where this like stringed orchestra that plays in the background for this unauthorized performance of a private, for a private competition. (laughs) It's not, it's not school sponsored. Has said that since the beginning. There is always just musicians there. There's for always no someone there. Reason. <laughs> this is literally like a 50 person orchestra for this <laughs> impromptu, unofficial after school competition. Like <laughs> after school, like why are they there? That's their whole budget. That's how come they won't be able to do anything the rest of the season. They'll I mean, have to do a fundraiser and stuff. You know, they always do. They always screw up. Like, quit. Yeah. It's all the Glee Club kids. Like. Did they just give them authorization? Like, it's not like calling long distance and you get in trouble by your parents. Like, where does Bill come from? It's different. <laughs> you have to have, like, papers signed. Anyway. So, yeah. They do this whole thing. They do Call Me Maybe. And after the break, we find that Kurt is working at the Lima Bean and is more excited about Glee Cub auditions than Blaine or Brittany. Kitty being the, the condescending bitch. that's the coffee shop. Yes. Um, Kitty is being condescending and a bitch. Of course, we are learning that she is and calls Kurt over to complain that her iced latte is too cold. He goes, it's iced. She goes, and it's too cold. He's like, fine, I'll make you a new one. Like, what the hell, girl? Power rolls. Piss in it, warm it down a little bit. (laughs) I mean, I would have just peed in it, but you know, um, at Niata, an extremely gay dancer comes in to tell Cassandra that he can't be her teacher's assistant this semester because he has to be a flying monkey and wicked. And she turns bright and cheery and wishes him all the best luck. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. And it's like a 180 from this mean bitch that she was before to Rachel, right? He leaves and she starts to pour herself a drink like in a blender in the dance studio with like rum and everything in it. I'm like, who brings a blender, a blender into a fucking dance studio? <laughs> personal blender by the way it's got a wrist strap oh that's kind of cool but this is like a full-on like this is a full-on blender in the middle of the dance studio it's just weird but back at mckinley in the cafeteria a young ingenue named marley rose stops by played by supergirl actress melissa benoist and there's all the other um, Vampire Diaries connection. I mentioned earlier that she is married to Chris Wood, who played Monel on Supergirl, but he also played Kai Parker, an evil witch on Vampire Diaries. So it's kind of cool. And uh, she loves herself a golf cap. Girl after my very own heart, like just a little love them. <laughs> anyway, so she introduces herself as a sophomore and wants to join Glee. She wants to audition. And Tina says, she gives her this like really condescending, there's a lot of competition. Good luck to you. And I'm like, at this point, I started to remember, yeah, Tina was always my least favorite Glee Cup member. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I don't feel like she has the backstory to be an asshole now. I don't know why I know. they thought that that would be a good idea. I never understood it either. It wasn't like, yeah, it never made sense. 
Yeah. So yeah, Wade sits down and Sam and Artie immediately jump down his throat for wearing makeup to lunch. That will draw negative attention to them and, and they want to stay popular for as long as possible. And Blaine suggests that, you know, just wear makeup as unique on stage and just be Wade with the rest of the time. And I'm like, shaking my head, Blaine. Mm-mm. Should have known better to tell anyone to repress their true nature, Blaine. Asshole. Right. Poor Wade. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why would he be the one? Whatever. Whatever. I know. It's a jerky thing to do. Does he wants to be popular. for the, the second half of Glee? I don't know. It was weird. I feel like they did. Possibly. So yeah, Wade leaves to take off his face. And I'm like, I always hate that saying. I'm going to take off my face. I'm like, don't do it. Your skin. Like, <laughs> you know, my face is off. It's not like Dark Man. Remember that? Dark Man. Was it Dark Man? Uh, With Liam what's Neeson? Dark? What's Dark Man? Sam Raimi, where the dude uh, loses his nerve endings. He doesn't have like skin. Yeah, he gets, and he has like this this digital thing. He can basically copy almost anybody's face. It's kind of like Mission Impossible style, except like the face like breaks down after like an hour. He has no face, but he can make himself have any face he wants. Yeah, it's Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah, it's Liam Neeson plays the part. Superhero. It was like a late '80s, early '90s movie. It's something like that. Yeah, you should watch it. It's been a while. (laughs) Do it. That's like the reason he got Spider Man, pretty much. Oh yeah, that's true. If you could have any face you wanted, who would you pick? I'm sidetracking. My bad. I'm so many shots deep. Oh, there's too many. There's too many faces I would want more than my own. <laughs> you know, I would love Matt Bomer's face. He's like a living Ken doll. So I would love that face. He's good. What about you? Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that can, that's an easy make. Like, I could do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> but would I still be living? Like I'm talking about, I want to be alive. Like I want all the rest of me to be regular. I want scars. I want to look like fucking Deadpool without the mask. Freddy yeah. Krueger's face out here, so that I can just pop out. You know, like ah. like when people are in my way at fucking Walmart, I want to be able to scare them literally out of my fucking way. Like just pull so. off a fake face and be like, ah, I look like this underneath. <laughs> ah. Like ah, go behave. Yeah, no. Okay, so at lunch, Kitty and some football jocks show up to sit at the table. And I just noticed that one of these jocks is a guy named Jesse Lucan, who played Mike on The Magicians. And I know you probably didn't watch it, but he was somebody's lover on The Magicians. It's a good show. You'd like it. Um, They start to dish out fat jokes about the new lunch lady. And the new directions aren't laughing, but then Jesse Lucan's character says, Right, Artie? (laughs) Right? And Artie's like, um... And he just gives into that mean kid pressure and makes a joke like, oh, when she sits around the house, she sits around the house. And, oh like, oh, oh, yeah, and you oh, you see like behind him, young little Marley is sitting nearby with this like hurt expression on her face. And that's when we cut to later and we see Marley walk up to the lunch lady and we realize that she's Marley's mom. And they are poor and her mom is sewing a J. Crew tag onto a sweater, a cheap sweater. For Marley's Glee Club audition, she thinks Marley has, quote, magic in her throat and wants her to try out for Glee. And she says she will park the car a few blocks away so that no one will see Marley get in the car with her. And it's so sad. It is. And I remember this. I'm glad I didn't watch it. I'd be and her mom loves her so much and just wants her to do so well and be popular and not be, you know, and not be burdened by her presence in her life. And I'm like, oh, that's so sad yep. that they're doing this. 
So over in the dance class over at Niata, Cassandra enters to find Rachel at the balance beam and decides to try, you know, <laughs> she keeps trying to not quote David Schwimmer down. <laughs> she keeps calling him David Schwimmer. And another peg and insults, uh, insults her and making fun of Rachel for being tired and lonely and untalented. <laughs> Rachel asks, why are you intent on picking on me? But Cassandra is annoyed and says, I'm not. I'm motivating you. And this negative shit, it just doesn't it make me want to get, you know, it just makes me want to get away from you. It doesn't make me want to, like, show up and be motivated. It's the worst type of tactic to motivate somebody. And there have been actual studies that positive reinforcement actually works better. <laughs> but people still do this shit. And it makes me like, why? You could do better with you. It's been proven. Anyway, it's, it speaks to their lack of confidence in the way they teach to me. If you can't do it the right way, it speaks to your lack of, you know, lack of confidence. So all of a sudden, Rachel winces and Cassandra wants to know, what's your problem now? And Rachel says, nothing. There's just alcohol in your breath. And suddenly all the dancers, excuse me, all the dancers that weren't even paying attention before having this loud ass conversation, she mentions you have alcohol in your breath and they all go, oh, and they look over and Cassandra like looks at her and she says, it's Listerine. And then she tells the entire room, I can dance circles around all of you. And then she cues the music from somewhere and takes off her little skirt to just her unitard and her fishnets, which I don't think they're practical for as a teacher, but whatever. And she gets into this mashup of Americano by Lady Gaga and I Want to Dance by J-Lo. And apparently, if you're a dancer, you automatically know all the choreography, <laughs> rehearsal or not. And I do like the mashup. I do like the song. It's a fun version of this, you know, song. And Kate Hudson is perfect for the part. Perfect for it. She finishes and tells Rachel, you're not on my list, Rachel. You are my whole list. Like, oh, I've got it out for you now. She called her out in front of everybody. Like, you've got alcohol in your breath. Like, oh, girl. Shouldn't have said that. (laughs) She shouldn't have said it. So now it's time for New Directions auditions. (laughs) I forgot about these. So I don't know it. Stoner Brett. Do you remember Stoner Brett? Yes. There's this guy who's a stoner. He's Stoner Brett. And he, he does some song called Busters Get Pop. Busters, Busters Get Popped or something. It's. I remember that. And like no one knows what's going on, but Britney's over here like jamming to it in the background. Like, yeah, yeah she into it. And then some girl named DeWanda auditions with just like dancing to techno music. I don't get it. It's like she's in a damn rave. And then some guy named Just. Jake, you know, Jake, what? He was just Jake. And he sings Never Say Never. It's Jacob Artist, this actor, and he is sexy as hell. Like, oh my God. I keep watching him. I'm like, wow, his deep, dark brown eyes. It just, he's just gorgeous. I just, oof. and he's ripped too. Like, he has like new Instagram photos up and stuff. Like, I just talked about it. I do not remember anybody ever doing Never Say Never because that is one of my favorite songs in That's the whole his- world. Yeah, that's his I'm audition song. I'm going to go song. back and watch this shit now. Thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. And he's doing great. He sounds great. And in the middle of it, Will's like, thank you. That's enough. And he's like, but I wasn't finished. And he goes, oh, but we have a lot of more auditions. He goes, but I, I rehearsed all the day. And he was like, well, I'm sorry that we don't need to hear anymore. And he gets up and he leaves and he takes. It's really bad. And he wanted to finish. And he ends up lashing out and he throws a music stand. And he's like, Ugh. and Will's like, come on, man, don't do that. Can you just pick that up? And Jake's like, screw this. And he leaves. He doesn't pick up the music stand. 
So then at Niata, we're in Whoopi Goldberg's class. She is, her character is Carmen Thibodeau. She's the one that basically recruited Rachel. And she starts her classes in the, in the round room, a room with perfect acoustics. There are no corners. She has no place to hide kind of thing. And she calls some girl named Beatrice up to sing. And this girl attempts to sing Ave Maria. I've sung this song. It's not easy. And she goes, hey, I told you, what did I tell you about not practicing before coming to school? So I did practice. So no, you didn't. She was like, I got an idea. Why don't you reapply in December? I'm like, this girl got into school, moved there, sang horribly, and got cut the first day. Can you imagine? Embarrassing. Like, <laughs> Blazing. Ooh. Anyway, so next she calls up Rachel to, quote, impress her. I'm like, uh-oh. And Rachel starts singing at the same time as Marley's audition in The New Directions, which just so happens to be the same song. Yeah, I remember this. I remember. It's Billy Joel's New York State of Mind. But I like the juxtaposition, like how it shows, if you think about it, the show intended Marley to be the new Rachel. They're singing the same song. They're, that's the story we want to follow. But yeah. she's a more empathetic character than Rachel ever was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. So they finish their song. And Carmen Thibodeau is impressed with Rachel. And Will is gushing over Marley saying that she has star quality. And that's, oh, made me so mad. Because he said something completely opposite earlier in the episode. Saying we shouldn't be focused on who's the star. We should be focused on being a group. But then he goes and calls her and tells her she has star quality. And I'm like, oh, there you go. That's the new Rachel right there. <laughs> She's telling you right there. She's the new Rachel. And now everyone is eating some humble pie. After a commercial break, Will posts the new directions list on the bulletin board. Marley walks over, check it, and sees her name on the list and is excited. I'm like, good for you, girl. And Jake's kind of walk, watching from the sidelines. And he stands there and he, he walks over there with his sexy eyes and looks all hopeful, but then doesn't see his name on the list. They only added Marley. They only added Marley. So they had seven Glee Club members, and then Wade came in. That makes eight. Then they brought in Marley. They have nine. They still need three more members. They still need 12. What the fuck, Schuster? <laughs> Take anybody. You had Sugar Mata on your damn like Glee Club. Like Anybody will go do, right? Yeah, whatever. In the choir room, Kurt has laid out all of their sheet music on the floor for some unknown reason. He doesn't really explain why. Tina attempts to bribe Artie with a giant cupcake to be the new Rachel, insisting that I am the new Rachel anyway because Rachel herself told me I need to take up leadership of Glee. They all gather for Artie to announce the winner, and he says the new Rachel is Blaine. I'm like, uh, I mean, out of the group that performed, yeah, he's the most dedicated. He's totally a Rachel type in a way. But I love how Unique gets in Artie's face and says, how come you don't like strong black women? <laughs> It's perfect. I love it. Mr. Schuster officially introduces Marley to the group and Sugar Mata says she likes Marley's sweater. And like, where'd you get it? And Marley lies and says, oh, it's J. Crew. And Sugar like, can look at her. She's like, I don't think so. <laughs> She's looking at her like, no. I'm like, rich girls know clothes. Don't lie. <laughs> they know. Afterwards, Marley celebrates in the cafeteria with her mom about being the only new Glee Club member besides Wade Unique. 
And her mom says, I knew it. I knew you could be like Rachel. And she rode that glee train all the way to Broadway. And Marlo's like, no, I want to be like a singer on the radio. And she then tells her mom the downside to joining Glee Club is that she overheard them making fun of her, of the lunch lady. And her mom's like, they're just teenagers. And Marley says she doesn't want to lie about her mom. But her mom says, it's, you know, it's your shot to be popular and you shouldn't blow it. Which is, it's all really sad. It's so sad. It is. I remember this one. Man, sad as hell and depressing and not on par with the other storylines of Glee. Yeah. And that's it was why. starting out, it wasn't as funny. Like, there yeah. was goofiness in there, but it wasn't as funny. They they're trying they to, they're trying to make drama, you. drama, which makes me think they changed writers or something. I, you know. They probably know. did, but they probably changed some writers, but they wanted to create new characters that were empathetic. They want to tell a different story with new characters. I'm like, okay, that's fine, but or whatever. They get a little it gets crazy. But um, anyway, so outside in the courtyard, Kurt tells Blaine to make sure people still feel included in Glee Club because now you're the new leader because you're the new Rachel, right? And Blaine in turn says, all right, Kurt, well, you need to stop hanging around the high school because you are obviously stuck and you belong in New York with Rachel. And he tells Kurt, you need to go because it's your time. And that's when he sings the cups version, basically, of it's time to begin, isn't it? Because they do the whole cups thing. I'm like, ah, okay. And he just had a band ready to hang out in the stairwell yep. <laughs> outside. Just in case he decided to cue up a song. And I want to say, I miss how Darren Chris, how cute he was on Glee. But after Glee, he's annoyed the hell out of me. He's got a lot of seen him. What else has he been in? He's been in a lot of stuff. He does a lot of like guest spots and whatnot. But he's he's kind of an ass kisser. Um, Yeah, he does a lot of Disney stuff, and he's just too. It's too show. It's too much of a show. He can't be really like that in real life. It just doesn't feel real. Um, And he makes stupid remarks. Like he was on that show, um, their assassination of Versace, the. True crime oh, story. That's right. That's right. I saw that. I did. I saw yeah. that one. He did that. And then after that, after he's like, I'm not going to play gay anymore because gay characters should be played by gay people. I'm like, shut up, Darren Chris. That is very toxic and bad. Don't ever say that because that means yeah. that only straight people can play straight characters. And that's not right. Yeah. No, that's a stupid thing to say. Just don't play gay characters in, but don't say anything like that. That made me go, I really don't like you now. <laughs> I think you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> but whatever. So Kurt hugs Blaine and tells him, I'm going to miss you. And so that's basically set in stone. He's going to go to New York. Later at lunch, Marley is now sitting at the Glee slash Cheerios table. And Kitty sounds disappointed that they can't do a racist homecoming float with only white people. (laughs) Tina notices this remark, but the jock guy who's also black next to her does not notice this remark. Instead, insisting that they should use the fat lunch lady as their float. And then Sugar Mata says that the lunch lady's boobs look like two grocery bags full of soup. And Marley speaks up about how mean they're being. Like, you're being really mean. Stop. And Kitty calls her out and says, why do you care? And Marley says, because she's my mom. And gets up to leave and says, I thought you guys were different. I'm like, there you go. Go, Marley. Good for you. Make them feel like shit. They deserve it. Get your ass away from them. (laughs) You don't need those people in your life. In New York, Rachel is hanging out in a park. It's a famous place. I don't remember the name of it. It's kind of got this, like, I always thought it was in France until I kept seeing it in movies. <laughs> it kind of looks like 
I don't know. It's got like a pillar, like not a pillar, but a big arch. You know what I'm talking about? Instead of part. Anyway, it's in New York. Yeah. <laughs> it's famous. I don't remember the name of it. And Brody, Mr. Sister Christian, walks up behind her and sees she's looking at Finn's picture on her phone. And she mentions that her boyfriend's in the army and they don't get to talk. And he says, I had a girlfriend when I started school, but it only lasted six weeks. I'm like, why do people always do this? Why do they always say this bad crap like this? Oh, your relationship won't last because my didn't when I moved here, you know? And I'm like, you're basically spreading that negativity. You're basically kind of jinxing the relationship now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I hate that. They do that. Like, shut up. You don't know me. You don't know how we're like our dynamic. You don't know me. That's what I don't like. I'm like, get the fuck away from her. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like Brody Weston. <laughs> He tells her that she did a great job singing in class and she tells him how hard it's been for her there. And he says that you should embrace your new New York self. And then he offers to walk her to class. So in dance class, Cassandra calls out Rachel to do some work on her moves. And Rachel tells her she's going to keep working until she's the best in class. And Cassandra says she likes that spark in Rachel because it'll make it much more fun to her to break her down later. Like, what is with your sadistic shit, woman? What? God, sadist. Elsewhere, Bert is dropping off Kurt at the airport. I've always hated that their names were rhymed. <laughs> I know, right? It, like, it's hard to say. It's too it's too cartoony. Like, come on. But whatever. He's dropping him off at the airport, and he has money to survive on and all the support in the world. But I totally understand Kurt's anxiety about going. He's like, I don't. what if, what if it doesn't work out? What if, you know, and, and Bert's like, you know, if you're not scared, you're not sticking your neck out far enough. And that's kind of true. I always loved Bert. Greatest, greatest TV dad. Like one of the greatest. Yeah. for sure. Um, Kurt calls him the world's greatest dad. I forgot about that. And uh, <laughs> they hug goodbye. And when Kurt gets out and leaves, Bert says, you can always come back. And then close the door and Kurt walks off and he goes, but you won't. And then he starts to cry when Kurt walks away. And I'm like, ooh, I just started like boo-hooing. I'm like, oh, Bert Hummel, I'm, oh, you're a national treasurer. You're just, you're awesome. Another commercial break and Sam finds Marley at her locker to apologize and begs her not to quit Glee Club. He says he gets her and calls out her Walmart sweater that her mom sewed the J. Crew tag into because his mom used to do the same for him. He tells her that she can sing and you belong in Glee. She starts to leave, but turns and sees everyone else shows up to, to apologize. Tina says that she got caught up in being popular and just forgot what it was like to not be popular. And Brittany says she always has been popular, but she forgets to wear under underwear sometimes. <laughs> I've always been popular, but I forget to wear underwear sometimes. <laughs> okay. They all convince her that Glee Club is for all types to be accepted and to sing together. And she agrees, but she doesn't want to sit with the Cheerios and Jocks anymore. And that's where Kitty walks up and says they were all fine with their flaws because they were national champs, but they do not accept unique or as she calls her pre-op precious based on the novel Barf by Sapphire. <laughs> that's what she says. Nor does she like Mike and Molly's daughter, a.k.a. Marley, as part of the crew. Mike and Molly's daughter. Damn. Blaine says, I guess we're not part of your crew anymore. And Kitty says, I was hoping you'd say that. And the two jock friends fling slushies into Marley and Unique's face and say, as they say, with that order has been restored. And they leave. And Artie officially welcomes them into the Glee Club now that they have been initiated with a slushie to the face. 
We cut to Will, who gets a file from someone in the office before calling Dreamy Jake into his office. Jake goes off again about how he didn't get to finish his song earlier, and he felt really disrespected. And Will says, Glee Club gets booed regularly by audiences. Is, are you going to throw a mic stand at them? And are you basically, yeah, if we get booed on stage, are you just going to throw mic stands at the whole audience? Like, come on, dude. And Jake says, you have a right to be angry. And Schuster, and you don't know me. And that's when Will drops a bomb. I knew your brother, Jake Puck. And he goes, he goes he's my half brother. And Jake says that Puck doesn't even know about him and thinks Will only wants him because he's related to Puck. And Will says, I want you because you're talented. And he wanted Jake in the club after the first verse of the song, which is why he interrupted him. He always remembers how much good the club did for Puckerman. For Puck, but Jake has to lose that chip on his shoulder. And Jake says, I don't want to change. And I like that chip on my shoulder and I'm not my brother. And he leaves. And we cut to new directions rehearsals as Marley sings the lead for Adele's chasing pavements. All while Rachel is feeling all lonely in New York and they're singing, you know, it's like a sing over while the scene's going on. And she's looking at Finn's pictures on her phone. And we see Jake come in to see the new directions rehearse and He's like jealous. And I'm like, boy, you should have joined. Should have joined, boy. Should have done it right. Didn't do it. <laughs> and Rachel calls Kurt and she's crying. She goes, I lied. I'm having such a rough time. Everything sucks here. I miss everyone back home. She complains about Cassandra and her roommate. And he's like, well, maybe you should move out and she's, and get a new roommate. And then she's like, what are you talking about? And he says, turn around. And she does. And he's standing there and she runs over and she hugs him and they cry. <laughs> just as the Glee Club finishes the song, congratulating Marley on her first rehearsal. End of episode. Glee! <laughs> Glee! So, yeah. That was it. That was it. That was the first college years episode of Glee. Holy shit. Oh my god, I have to go pee so bad. I'm gonna die if I don't pee right now. That's okay. I'll finish out this episode on my own. <laughs> so, audience, did it lose its spark, or was it just another low point in Glee history. I want to thank you to Kara and of course to Ryan, who's been silent this episode, but I can see him right now. (laughs) But thank you for joining me on the Glee Claps, guys. Um, Audience, what did you think? Reach out to us on socials. Kara and Ryan are at Drunk Theory everywhere and DrunkTheory.com. The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap, or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And thank you again for listening We'll see you next week where we'll be doing Snick episodes, the first episodes of the first grouping of Snick. So stay tuned for that. Bye, everybody.